Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Chuckman, and you can reach us at the podcast by emailing us championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. My name's Thomas, and uh, I run wallsblog.com. So unsurprisingly, I'm a fan of Wolverhampton Wanderers, and at the moment, I'm still coming down from what was a brilliant day yesterday. Hi, I'm Kevin, uh, editor of Legion United Mad. Uh, Twitter's account is Legion United underscore Mad. Um, Quite the opposite to Thomas, really, today. Uh, fairly gutted that we've been knocked out by a non-league team uh, in the FA Cup. But looking at the league, we're, we're doing OK. And if we bounce back with um, good results against Blackburn and Huddersfield in the next two games, I don't think anybody's going to be too bothered about today's events. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start making the rounds where we'll have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our club this week. We'll start with you, Thomas, where obviously yesterday was such a great, great day to be a Wolves fan. You took a lead, you took the lead in the in the opening seconds and you know went on to win two one against Liverpool despite having a small amount of the ball and, and and knocked out you know one of the top six clubs in the Premier League. How did how did you say it for, for as a Wolves fan? Yeah, it was it was brilliant. I mean, I was one of the lucky people to get a ticket for the game for starters because there was a lot of kerfuffle. We had eight and a half thousand tickets and probably could have sold sold out a couple of times over easily. Um, and I think I actually saw that there was a, an opportunity for an upset um, before before kickoff because you know I knew Liverpool wouldn't play their best team. I know Wolves have been particularly good away from home pretty much all season. Uh, it's been our home form that's held us back. And I, I, after we beat Stoke in the previous round, I just thought if, if Liverpool don't turn up, don't play anything like close to their, their best, then we've got a really, really good chance here, backed by such a massive away following. Um, and I was just surprised that Jurgen Klopp didn't didn't see the on the horizon, the, the the problem we might cause to them. Um, I think he underestimated us, and uh, that ultimately was their undoing because the team he put out just just wasn't wasn't really ever going to be good enough. I don't think. Um, I think obviously we got quite lucky in the sense that we got an early opportunity to put the ball into their box. They've got a questionable first choice defence at times, so their their second string defence was, was always going to be susceptible. Uh, to that kind of lax in concentration, and so it proved. Um, and then after we went a goal up, it was it was quite predictable. They were always going to press and have a lot of the ball, um, and it was just going to be about how well we could defend our 18-yard box. And then if the opportunity presented itself to break, w- would we take those chances? And, and we did. So it was perfect game plan. And and before they got their goal back with five minutes to go, I was actually thinking. We're pretty comfortable here. Didn't didn't see them actually making a game of it, and 
it was panic stations after that, and you just worried that, that you know the the cop is going to suck the ball into the net in those dying seconds when they're putting a bit of pressure on. But but overall, it was a really great performance uh, from Wolves for everything Liverpool lacked. Wolves really played to their maximum, and they needed to still to to get that done, get it over the line. So yeah, just a, a fantastic day, fantastic occasion, and you know we haven't been past the third round for like seven years or something stupid like that. So you can imagine that this this is long overdue. And I think to, like both you guys have kind of already said that, you know, the FA Cup isn't that important to Newcastle and Leeds right now. But I think for Wolves, it, it's a cup run is overdue. And, and that kind of victory yesterday is, is vindication for why the competition still exists. Yeah, you said, said there that it's uh, quite important for Leeds, uh, for Wolves, sorry, the season, the uh, FA Cup. And I guess I'd agree with that because my thoughts on the game were that you know Wolves they're solid in in the championship I don't think they're going to go down they're not going to get into the playoffs either so the FA Cup is a real good opportunity for your players to achieve something even if it is to you know get into the semi-final at Wembley maybe I mean we've seen a lot of Premier League clubs go out that that's not out of the question especially as you've put two of them out yourselves do you think that that's something that you know would would mark a successful season uh table in the in the league in in a cup run maybe to the semi-finals or, or quarterfinals I don't think if you'd said this at the start of the season, most people would have said that. But I think given how it's panned out now, where like you say, we're we're in a little bit of purgatory in the championship. I, I don't think we're going to go down. I think we're playing too well points-wise, but it's still not out of the question of if we get dra- dragged back down, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think now what constitutes success is just doing a, probably a top-half finish in the championship. And then, yeah, depending on how the draw pans out for the next round, hopefully progressing to the quarterfinals and seeing where that can take us. Um, But, yeah, I think success would have been realistically to get in the top six, but then most championship teams would would probably have said that before the start of the season. Um, But I I have long said, I think I said this earlier in the season to you, Jake, when we played Newcastle in the Cup, the League Cup, that is, um, you know, I wanted a cup run. I would take a cup run over a run at the playoffs just because I think when you're a football fan, it's moments like yesterday that make it worthwhile. So I think more of those moments um, uh, are preferable to, you know, maybe getting in the playoffs, maybe getting in the Premier League and then trying to eke out an existence staying in the Premier League. I just think there's more to being a football fan than that. So, um, yeah, still a fan of the FA Cup. Yeah, there's uh, some interesting comments there. We'll, we'll come more uh, onto the FA Cup later. I think we've got some views on that about how Newcastle and Leeds have treated the competition as well. And it'll be interesting to see how they differ. But um, we'll just move on to you now, Kevin and uh, Leeds. You, you've had two games this week. One went very well. One didn't go quite so well. If you want to talk us through both games and what your thoughts are on Leeds at the moment. Yeah, well, obviously I'm very pleased how things are going overall in the league. Uh, to say that we've hardly spent any money on the squad this season, just um, about three million, which I, I think includes add-ons for Kimar Roof. Uh, Antonsen came from Sweden for about a million or so. So we haven't spent a fortune on the playing team. So that makes our achievement getting into the player positions, I think, even um, better, really, because I think... Gary Monk has really done a fantastic job since he came to the club, um, supported by Pep Clotet and um, James Beattie, a great backroom team as well. Obviously, we came a cropper last Saturday against Barnsley, who, you know, they had, if you saw the two second half goals they scored, they were absolutely fantastic goals. And 
Um, you don't see those very often in Championship uh, football. Um, Ryan Kent was on loan from Liverpool, I believe. Maybe he should have been playing yesterday for Liverpool as well because he he played had a had a decent game. He's got a cracking second goal for Barnsley and Conor Hurran sort of rounded it off with a magnificent free kick and obviously he's moved on to Aston Villa now. So it, um, it makes you wonder if Barnsley were really fired up by the game really because they knew that a couple of their key players were going to be leaving over the next sort of few days, which obviously with James Bree moving on to Villa as well and a couple of guys asking for transfers, um, it makes their victory even better really over us. And I don't think we were ever really in the game, even when, even though we went 1-0 up. Usually when we go 1-0 up, especially from away from home, we usually control the game. But they scored at a crucial period just before half-time, which brought, brought them right back into the game. And we lost it basically in the in the ten minutes in the second second half. Even though we got a dubious penalty to sort of get get us back into the game. So when we moved on to um, Forest on Wednesday, I think there was a bit of trepidation there as well because even though Forest haven't been playing that well, um, they've got a, a sort of a new coach in Gary Brazil who's holding the fort at the moment, and he got a good result at the weekend, and he was going into the Leeds game. Uh, full of confidence, really. Um, but we once again, Chris Wood came came up trumps, getting his twentieth goal of the season, which is a magnificent achievement. And obviously, I don't know if you guys saw the Ducara goal, but it was absolutely a world class goal from just outside the box. Uh, usually, those sort of efforts go into Rosette of the cop, but it was the arrowed right, right into the corner, and it was absolutely magnificent. I think it's going to be a goal of the season. Um, it's going to win a few few awards anyway, especially at Leeds United, and that sort of thing, it killed the game off basically from there. So, one let like you say one bad result, one good result, but overall the last sort of um, twenty games or so, we've we've hardly lost hardly lost the game really. We've lost obviously to Brighton, Newcastle, now Barnsley over the last few weeks. Um, but we're sort of going into the last 18 games now uh, full of confidence and I, th- I think with him picking that team today I think it was a little pointed to the owners that after losing Alex Mowit to Barnsley just before the weekend I think um, Monk is saying you know come on I-, I need players in not players out and I think it's going to be a crucial period now up to Tuesday, Wednesday, who who actually comes in because we still need a striker to support Chris Wood because if he gets injured or gets suspensions, then we're going to be stuck for goals a, a little bit. And if Janssen or Bartley get injured, we're going to be stuck for a centre-back as well. So I think a centre-back and a striker is crucial for us to go into the last 18 games with some confidence because usually when we lose a game like we did at Bars, we usually go on a good run. Uh, of seven or eight games unbeaten. So I'm looking for that again now against Blackburn on Wednesday and Huddersfield next week. It's going to be a crucial period in the season to see what happens over the next few days. I just want to ask you quickly uh, a question on automatic promotion because there's a lot of concern uh, among Newcastle fans that uh, maybe we should be focusing on the teams below us instead of Brighton. And as long as that gap stays quite large, then, then we're doing OK. Do you think that automatic promotion is a possibility for Leeds at all? Or, or do you think you're focusing more on the playoffs? Well, there's still plenty of points to uh, aim for, Jake. You've got to, you've got to be confident and say if, if Brighton or Newcastle do have a dip in form, I mean, Brighton... Has, um, have known to be to do this during the season. I mean, they did it over Christmas last year, which sort of uh, um, stopped any chances of their 
automatic automatic sort of promotion. So it depends really if both teams go on a dip, but you just can't see that happening at the moment. But never say never, you know, in this league. It's a strange old league, you know, where things do happen. And until the gap is about 15, maybe 16 points, I think there's always a possibility that a team behind them could maybe catch one of them up. So never say never. I mean, but obviously I think if you'd have told us at the start of the season that we'd be in a, a good playoff position by by May. I think most Leeds fans would have accepted that. But, uh, like I said before, if Newcastle or Brighton have some dip in form, which you can't see happening at the moment, but things like that do happen over a season when the pressure you know, uh, mounts up a little bit and the chasing pack sort of... Um, sometimes it's easy to chase a team than actually try and keep a lead uh, from the other team. So, yeah, never say never to that context but obviously that depends really again who we get in now between um now and wednesday if we do get a decent you know some decent a couple of decent players that could maybe help us do that but uh, watch this space as they say mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, for, for Newcastle this week, it's, been, it's not been a great one. We, um... We went out of the FA Cup yesterday to, to Oxford, lower league opposition, which as I did say last week that the fact they were only one division below us did sort of limit the embarrassment that, that could have could have been had. But the fact it was 3-0 sort of did increase that embarrassment, at least on the day. But Benita said afterwards that uh, it wasn't that he, they didn't want to go through in the Cup, but he said beforehand that if we're going to have a Cup run, we're going to have to use the squad. It, we didn't have a choice in that. And that's what we did. We brought in a few of the younger players again who played against Birmingham. Uh, and we, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a weak and it wasn't too weak a team. There's still a lot of first team players. You you had Mitrovic, Perez, uh, Hayden, that they all started. Uh, Grant Hanley's very experienced uh, in the lower league. So it wasn't by no means like the youth team, but there were, there were a few youth players in it. And it, it was disappointing to lose the game. We weren't in the scoreline, maybe doesn't tell the true story of the game. I, I think Oxford deserved to go through, absolutely, but I think 3-0 may, maybe shows the game it, it's a bit more one-sided than it was. It was very even. I think both teams had the same amount of shots. Uh, Newcastle had a bit more possession. So it was just a classic cup tie where both teams were in it, and, and it was Oxford that took their chances, and we didn't. Uh, I, I think the, our biggest chance came from the penalty. Uh, we got a penalty when it was 1-0. Uh, if we'd have scored that, then maybe we would have turned around and went through, but... That wasn't the case. Mitrovic missed, and 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 he missed a couple more chances during the game. So that was a little bit disappointing because he, he's a player that splits the fan base. So, Something that he's not that good and and should be moved on. 
and others quite like him for, for, for the reputation he has had in Europe with Anderlecht. We saw flashes of it in the Premier League. He scored a few goals this season, but he, he's not been a regular because of Dwight Gale's form. So it, it'll be interesting to see how his sort of career at Newcastle develops after this, because I think he's got something to offer, but I also think he's not currently playing at the standard that we need him to be playing at. So it, it's a difficult one. But I'm not overly upset about going out of the cup. I mean, I would have loved to have gone for it, of course. Uh, like Thomas said, it's, a cup run is what you want as a football fan but uh, the main aim has to be promotion uh, and and it, it's easy to say Rafa should have played a stronger team but if he had played John DeShalvey and Matt Ritchie in his one and they would have both got injuries then he would have been criticised so it's sort of a damned if you do a damned if you don't situation uh, and and it's, you know he, he made a call he was wrong uh, and we went out he, he's, he's only human he does make some mistakes he's not you know he's not going to get everything right people are comparing it to Pardew as so if you But the difference is, you know, Rafa Vidic is not Alan Pardew. He's got a lot more credit in the bank and, you know, we should just move on. We're not the only team doing this. I think the top four teams in the Championship, League One and League Two have all gone out of the FA Cup. I think it's something like that. So it's not that great of a statistic, of course, because, you know, League One and League Two clubs aren't going to go too far. But it does show that teams do sacrifice the competition I mean, Brighton did as well. Uh, Kevin said Leeds did uh, play the youth team. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not only Newcastle. Our main aim does have to be promotion. If we do go up and get into the Premier League, then I think that's when we can start thinking about trying to win a cup more so than this season. But yeah, it is disappointing, of course it was. But these things happen. And you just, just got to move on and, and try not to get too negative about things uh, because that's when things, you know, turn neg- uh, ter- you know turn for your club if the fans turn. So I, I think it'll be all right. If we win... On Wednesday against QPR, we'll forget about this and quickly focus back on promotion. But we'll just move into the topics for today now. Uh, you know, funnily enough, we've been talking about the FA Cup and we'll start there. Um, a lot of clubs play weakened teams. You've seen Tottenham struggle at home against Wickham. We've seen Liverpool go out. We've seen a lot of Premier League clubs go out today. Two non-league clubs making the last 16. So I just want to know what, what you think about the current you know, format of the FA Cup. Do you still think that it, it's a magic competition and you still think it's got a lot of magic in it? Or do you think maybe the format needs to be revamped now uh, you know, to make sure that clubs take it a little bit more seriously? We'll start with you, Thomas, because I'm sure you've got a few uh, thoughts on this. I don't think they necessarily need to be changes. I think what they need to do is find a way to incentivise more of the teams to take it more seriously. I think we should be more defensive over this competition domestically. I think fans of all the clubs should be wanting the FA Cup to be important. I don't think we should just... We just seem to have rolled over and accepted that the Premier League is the holy grail and everything else is secondary. Um, And the reason for that is ultimately money. Um, you know, the riches that you can get from being a Premier League club. So any team that's trying to stay in the Premier League will try and play a second string team in the FA Cup. Any team that's trying to win the Premier League is going to play a second string team, any team in the Championship and so on and so forth. You know, that, So what I think they should do with the FA Cup is stump up a massive prize money. I heard someone suggest this. Why not put £30 million into the kitty by the FA and say, OK, then the winner gets £30 million. I think then you would probably see a number of these teams taking it far more seriously um, and not necessarily playing weakened teams. So I think that's that's ultimately the only way that you can address the problem. Because no matter how you change the format of the competition, if you say, OK, we won't have replays, uh, we won't play on a Saturday or any of these other ideas, 
they're not going to change the fundamental issue that managers and owners and clubs, and it just stems from the top down, they're not going to take it seriously. So the only thing you can do if you want to revamp the competition and make it better is to incentivise more of the, the clubs to take it more seriously. So that's what I would do. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, I think a lot of the argument is, uh, and I've seen a lot of journalists and people, uh, for, uh, former players talking about this, um, that the League Cup is maybe a, a better competition to target now, purely because it's out of the way by February. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about it during the running, whereas the FA Cup runs until the end of the season. So that's maybe why the FA Cup's suffering a little bit more than the League Cup at the moment. But as a supporter, I, and I know that disrespect does sort of come from the clubs, because I think every single fan would love to see their, their club go to Wembley, regardless of where they are in the league. I know Wigan did it and then went down and I think Hull did the same uh, got to the FA Cup final and went down as well uh, the season after but just to, to see your club at Wembley that 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 is exactly what being a football fan is you want to get them to get success and I think success is different for different football clubs uh, of course maybe Arsenal and Liverpool don't see the FA Cup as, as that much of a, a competition but to see Watford sort of going out of the cup today is a little bit disappointing because I don't know what more Watford can really achieve like the FA Cup should be their their pinnacle. It's the Premier League clubs that disrespect and frustrate me more than, than the Championship clubs uh, like Newcastle and Brighton this weekend and Leeds. You know I, I, that doesn't frustrate me as much, but I think it's those competition uh, the the teams that should be targeting this competition uh, in the Premier League that should pay a little bit more respect. And I think increasing the money would absolutely do that. I wouldn't like to see them change the format. I I, I think the FA Cup third round weekend is my favourite weekend of the footballing calendar. Uh, every every club from the Championship and, and the Premier League are in the competition. You've got a few non-league clubs. You've always got a chance of an upset. We saw a lot of them this weekend. Uh, they're great to watch if, if you're a neutral, not so much if you support the team that is, is on the receiving end of it. But, uh, you know, the FA Cup is a great competition. I, I like how it is at the moment, uh, but it does need. To, I think the only way you can improve it is to incentivise it. Um, we spoke uh, on an earlier uh, edition of this podcast about the League Cup and how we could reform that. I mean, uh, and we spoke about maybe combining the two cup competitions and having it over a, a year-long season. But I don't think that would maybe retain the the magic of the FA Cup as much because I, I think that third round weekend is such a huge weekend in the football calendar. I wouldn't like to see it changed. So maybe money or, or a Champions League place even could be what is required to sit, you know, restore it to, to some sort of former glory. I, you know, I don't think we'll ever get back to what it was, but I think we can get it back to being a serious competition. Uh, what are your thoughts, Kevin? Do you have a sort of similar views on this? Yeah, I mean, I think we've covered most things there, but yeah, I mean, the League Cup has been changed a few times really hasn't it it's um obviously games are resolved now over the over the evening and there's no replays anymore maybe they could do that in the FA Cup but then again it might spoil an opportunity for a club to bring a, a replay back to a smaller club and that's where they made the money I mean Sutton made a fortune out of today's game they must have made about three to five hundred thousand pounds just on that particular game so that that'll keep them going now for another you know a few seasons so money matters to these clubs and I think it's important that the league teams do help these clubs as well and not keep all the money all the big money for themselves um, I mean I think with us today, if the, if we'd have played yesterday, Saturday, I think he might have fielded a stronger, slightly stronger team. So I think you know the, the cup, um, the people in the FA and the league don't seem to communicate to me very well on when to organise games. They sort of leave it to the TV stations, which is quite dangerous, really. 
Um, because obviously we've got an important game Wednesday now, which is the reason why he fielded such a young team today. Because to Gary Monk, uh, getting into the playoffs or having a chance of getting promotion is the key aim this season. And even going to the playoff finals, um, the playoff final day is so close to the FA Cup day. You know, <laughs> the chances are if you reach the FA Cup, if we reach the FA Cup final, we might have fielded a, a weakened team there to make sure we have a strong team. You know, if we get to the playoff final, so you know, it's. I think the the um, the the governing boards of each organisation have got to speak to each other, maybe try and form out some form out some way of channeling the the games and when when they should be played, because nobody wants to lose the romance of the FA Cup. I mean, look at Wickham yesterday, so close to getting a replay, so close to winning the game at one stage. They deserve the replay at Wickham. Um, that would have been a fantastic result, but obviously they lost it at the dying death. But that's that sort of game sort of sums up the FA Cup. You know, the the, the team seventy two places below the teams that are playing, giving them a good ninety minute game, and you know, holding their own. Um, they might not do it consistently in the league, but they sort of pull themselves up and put in a decent performance for those 90 minutes and that's what the FA Cup you know Lincoln's win over Brighton as well another magnificent achievement by a non-league team two non-league teams in the fifth round for the first time ever I think it is which is an amazing achievement but yeah you don't want to lose the romance of the FA Cup by tweaking it too much but I think the dates of the games have got to be either decide, uh, done on one particular day and not spread over the four days like they do now. Because if we played on Monday against Cambridge and we played Derby on Friday, so we were going to have totally two totally different teams for those two matches. And luckily, we managed to get through the Cambridge game and we managed to beat Derby as well. So that was a good week. But you're not going to do that, do that all the time. And as it, as it proved today, it was just maybe one game too much, really, for, for these kids that we're picking. Because uh, Sutton obviously got through and deservedly they're in the fifth round. But I think you, you've got to look at when do we play the games? Do we top, do it over the one particular Saturday so everybody's, you know, um, concentrating on the FA Cup for that particular day? But I don't, the TV company's been in charge of so many things these days, that's not going to happen because everybody wants to show um, a particular team. Everybody wants a shock result. So they're going to be spread over certain days. But un- un- unless that happens, you're going to get a situation now where Newcastle, Brighton, Leeds, they're going to feel weakened sides, which takes away the edge of the cup a little bit. But obviously it's to the benefit of uh, the teams that have got through and you know, uh, good luck to them in the next round. Yeah, I, th- I think scheduling is a good point because um, we've all got league games. The, the Premier League and the Championship have league games uh, during this week. And maybe some clubs had one eye on that ra- rather than the, the game on Saturday. And if there'd maybe been a week break between the game on the, this FA Cup fourth round mm-hmm. and the next set of league games, we would have seen stronger teams and we would have seen different results. But, it, you know, there is an argument this weekend of the FA Cup if anything shows that the amount of magic that still exists in the competition, and it, it was actually a very good weekend for the competition because of the amount of upsets and the amount of intrigue that mm. was sort of from, from neutrals to see, you know, to watch Sutton on TV and to see them go through it and to, to watch Wickham come so close to, to getting a replay or knocking out Spurs. You know, it could, it could be argued that this weekend was an excellent one and there's not really anything to worry about because 
I'm sure Thomas doesn't feel it, you know, Wolves' victory at Anfield was cheapened by the fact that Liverpool had a few of their second string players because they also had a lot of good players in the team. I mean, Firmino started, Wijnaldum started, uh, you had Storage, Emre Chan, and, and Coutinho all come on. So I don't feel like you, uh, Thomas, you feel like it was cheapened somewhat by, by this team selection. No, 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 not at all, really. Um, I think. I think actually one thing that's worth saying is that Wolves made seven changes from their last league game themselves. Um, but the key difference for Wolves is that they've got a squad of 25-odd players and there's not a great deficit in ability between a lot of them. So Paul Lambert's able to change six or seven and actually the team isn't drastically affected in terms of overall quality. Um, but in general terms, yeah, Liverpool didn't... It's not cheapened because it's, it's Anfield, it's a big occasion... And whatever team they put out is, is realistically going to be a better eleven than what we can muster. So we're always still the underdogs and we're always fighting against all that history and all that tradition at Anfield. Um, so, so yeah, it didn't lose any of its luster. Um, but I, I was happy, personally. I didn't I didn't want to see uh, Coutinho and Sturridge and Lallana and Maya yeah. whoever might have been knocking around playing because I wanted to get through. That's all I care about. But... Um, well, yeah, look at Southampton and Arsenal last night as well. It was the the game of two weakened teams, really. Who who had the best weakened weakened side? And obviously, Southampton's compared to Arsenal. There's obviously no comparison because they got yeah. uh, done five nil. So you I know, get what you're it, saying, but I think yeah. that's quite it's endemic, really, of the um, mm. of cup culture because Southampton. Look at them; they got through in the League Cup. Yeah, three, you know, three days ago, and they've obviously gone well. We're already at a final now, so. We don't have to even make any kind of effort against Arsenal, thus making it basically a walkover for Arsenal. Because, I mean, Southampton know full well that the team they put out was never going to be able to give it Arsenal's reserves. Again, there was no no possible chance of that. So I my personal thought is on the whole cup thing is if you're going to do something drastic, why not just get rid of the League Cup? I just think the FA Cups are, you know, primary competition if we're saying there's too many games scheduling's an issue then okay let's do away with one I don't think there's that same affinity towards the League Cup as there is the the FA Cup and um, you know they're more or less the same thing aren't they anyway so why have two of them I think that would solve a lot of the issues and I don't think I would cry too many tears over losing the FA Cup I mean other League Cup sorry I I don't know what you guys think about that as an idea no, I would. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, I think that's maybe one thing that would help scheduling a little bit. Get a few less games uh, on the calendar and and maybe allow teams to. Because if there's only one cup competition, teams will be a lot more focused on that. I feel than, than the league cup. Because uh, I, I I was at the Southampton game yesterday, and I just want to quickly touch on the the atmosphere. Despite them losing five nil, was rather incredible, and that's because they've got to a final. Uh, and this is literally what football fans want, and I, it's it just underlines the point of how how frustrating it is that that teams are throwing these competition away because you know Southampton may have lost yesterday, but they're still going to have a day out at Wembley, uh, and they're probably going to have have a great time, and they've got a chance mm. of winning a cup. Uh, and I, it's when you get to the latter stages of the competition that you take it more seriously. It's the early stages that that seem to be the problem, and I don't know what. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the League Cup has maybe it has reached its uh, you know usage now, really, because obviously only league league teams can get involved in that. Whereas the FA Cup, every single team in the country can get involved, which makes it more romantic and more exciting. 
And maybe, like you said earlier, maybe if they do ha- add the carrot of a Champions League entry as well to the winners and just have the top three in the league, maybe that, you know, it's, it's going to be a major competition again along with the league. Because nobody remembers, well, you, you, you do remember, obviously, everybody remembers finishing fourth in the league, but you, you're more likely to remember winning the actual FA Cup. Most fans get more excited by that than finishing fourth, what, 10, 12 years running, like Arsenal seem to do all the time. I mean, I'm sure most Arsenal fans would, would hope that, even though Wenger's won it a few times anyway, six times, they'd rather have that FA Cup trophy in the cabinet rather than finishing fourth in the um, in the in the league because if you if you still qualify for the Champions League, it's fantastic. But you've got a trophy to show for it as well. Nobody gets a trophy for finishing fourth. Obviously, there's the money that you get from the Champions League, but I think most most um, uh, fans would rather have a day out at Wembley and uh, see them get the Champions League entry through winning the FA Cup. So, yeah, get rid of the League Cup and just concentrate on the FA Cup. So if anybody's listening to that, they get it started. I I, I think that, that they're all very good points that, that we've made, but we, sadly, we, we don't have any power. and We'll just have <laughs> to see what, what the FA do. I'm sure it'll be controlled by money, whatever it is. But uh, hopefully the FA Cup does sort of remain a, a massive part of the footballing calendar because it would be a massive shame if it, if it continued to... to Digress as it currently is, but just quickly moving on to our next topic, I just want to, to you know briefly touch on our transfer business because this is of course deadline day on Tuesday where Sky Sports make a meal out of every little deal that most people wouldn't really care about. So we'll just ask what your club's perspective are on the day. Do you think that you're expecting much business either in or out? Uh, we'll start at Wolves of you, Thomas. I think there's a few things um, possibly bubbling under the surface that might come to fruition. One of them is the deal to make Helder Costa's uh, loan from Benfica permanent. We're the only club in January who are able to to buy in. Um, So that means we've got the edge over a number of Premier League teams who I know have been monitoring what he's been doing at Wolves and, and we'll probably be able to afford him without you know, drastically affecting their other plans. So, um, so I'm hoping that comes to fruition. There's, there's been talk that we're just buying him now with the hope of turning that into a profit in the summer. So buying him for 13 million quid, you know, and then selling him in the summer for something like 18, 20 million, something ridiculous with all the money that's going on in the Premier League. So that looks like it might happen uh, if local press is to be believed. We're also interested in um, Ben Marshall from from Blackburn. That's been going on all month. And the situation there seems to be that his contract's up in the summer. Wolves have said, we'll pay you some money. Blackburn have said, we want this amount. And they've just been haggling over the the cost, whereas Wolves now have have offered a a fee. And they're just saying, well, we'll we'll take him in the summer for free if you don't accept this now. Because obviously our position in the league is such that it won't really make much difference whether we get an hour in the summer. Um, and then today I noticed we've been linked with the, um, is it Grant Hanley, the defender at Newcastle who signed from Blackburn in the in the summer? We've been linked with Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw that as well, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's three players there, um, all would probably represent decent acquisitions for all. So, yeah, so I think I think there's something that'll be happening, but just a case of, um, you know, whether any of those actually get over the line. Yeah, same question to you, Kevin. Do you expect much uh, going on at Leeds? I know you spoke earlier about uh, Gary Monk sort of sending a message to, to, to the chairman and, and the owner about how he needs players. Do you think that he will get some? 
Um, I, yeah, he need. He, I don't know if he'll get some, but he, he definitely needs it. After losing Moet to Barnsley, he's one of our academy players, only 21 years old. Can't really get into the team at the moment because of Hernandez and Roof playing in the position that he likes to play in. So I think he was a bit surprised when, from the um, press conference that he gave last week that he was moving on without actually anybody else coming in first. And we've been linked with a few players over the last few weeks. Um, Canos from New- Norwich is one of them. He used to be at Liverpool, but he, he uh, Brentford are after him as well. And that depends on the Scott Hogan deal going through to West Ham. If Paye leaves for Marseille, <laughs> uh, they, they'll put in a money bid for Canos. But obviously that'll leave Fletcher available because um, they'll have West Ham will have enough forwards then. So we're linked with Ashley Flesh- Fletcher, who's seems to be the main guy that seems to be coming in as uh, cover for for Chris Wood or even to, to get a start in place in the side. So he's one to look for, uh, and Canos maybe as well, but I think he'll go to Brentford. We still need a centre-back because we can't rely on Bartley and Janssen finishing 18 games that are left without a suspension or maybe an injury. We've got Liam Cooper, who was sent off today in the second half, so he's going to miss a game anyway. So we definitely need a centre-back who doesn't mind being second fiddle to Janssen and Bartley. So, you know, will a player be keen to do that? And obviously, one of my hopes for is Robbie Keane is obviously still looking for a club as well. Why don't we just say, come on, Robbie, there's 18 games to go to the end of the season. You know, get your shooting boots on, get us a few goals, help us get promotion and we'll sort something out in the summer. So Robbie Keane, for me, would be a fantastic um, player to join us. He used to play for us back in the 90s. He was always popular. He, he knows where the goals are. A bit similar to Defoe, I think. You know, he, he's quite prolific when it comes to goal scoring. I think he'll do really well in the championship. If a premiership club doesn't come in for him, he's 36 years old now as well, so it's unlikely that a premiership club will be that bothered, I should imagine. I think it's just ideal that if he comes back and finishes off a job that he started way back and maybe helps us get promoted and obviously it'll go down in the uh, annals of uh, folklore if, if he gets us promoted to the uh, Premier League this season. So that for me would be my wish, but obviously I think we could be May, may have to settle for Fletcher, which I'll be quite happy with, and maybe another as well. But we need to replace Moe, who's gone to Barnsley's too. So we need at least three players in. And um, I'm sure Jim White will keep us informed on Tuesday night if that's going to happen. <laughs> Robbie Keane's an interesting one. We had uh, James come on uh, last week, I think it was, and he was talking about Robbie Keane as a, as a potential target for Preston. And as, as yeah. it sounded like there'd been talks there. So be interesting well, somebody... to look up. Oh, yeah, watching Soccer Aim, when he was a guest on Soccer Aim last week, um, somebody did whisper Preston when, when they said, you know, is any clubs, is any clubs interested in you? And he, he says, you'd have to wait and see. And somebody sort of whispered Preston as if they were the club that he's been talking to. So there might, there might be some truth in that. But uh, like I say, I'll, I'll uh, remain to be seeing what happens by Wednesday morning. Yeah, for Newcastle, uh, we'd expected a few additions this month. We've yet to have any, but I think that is more to do so, uh, more to do with the, the the January market than it is to do with the board not backing the manager. I think they've tried to get players. Tom Kearney was one. Uh, the fee was too high. Uh, there's been others that you know terms hadn't been met. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek was. Uh, a target on loan so was Fabian Delft but 
Chelsea amounts that you don't want to let them go. So we just haven't been able to get anybody. Uh, I think Rafa still wants to bring a couple in. Um, whether he'll get them or not is another question. Uh, Andres Townsend is one that refuses to go away. Talks continue. Trying to bring him back on loan with a view to a permanent in the summer. But Palace only want to sell him. Uh, there's still a few fees to be to be paid back uh, to be paid to Newcastle for Palace, so it could be that something's arranged there. Uh, so that Chancellor and Bemba could be going in the opposite direction on loan. Uh, our centre back, who's not been playing too much this season, and there's, there's a general feeling in the fan base that he's more suited to, to the Premier League than he is to the Championship purely because uh, the Premier League got more time to to maybe play your football. Um, it's not as it, it's not it's more physical. Uh, it, it's not as physical as the Championship. Sorry, uh, and. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that does happen because I think at the moment I'd prefer to see Townsend than Mbemba in our squad. Although I would rather have both because I think, I think Mbemba has a lot to offer in the long term. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and there's been talk about uh, a bid for James McCarthy from Everton. I, I think he fits a lot of what we really need in our centre midfield next to Shelby. I think he'd be a very good signing if we were able to get him, but it seems like it, it's a difficult one to do now. 15 million was mentioned uh, and maybe more, so I, I don't know if it's really worth doing that deal now. Then we've probably got enough. Even if we didn't bring anybody in, we've probably got enough to still get promoted, so there's no need to make any rash decisions. But I, I think Townsend coming in would be good. Um, I don't know about departures. I know you mentioned Grant Hanley there, but if we do get rid of Mbemba, I don't think we'll get rid of Hanley as well because then we'd only have two senior centre-backs and that would be a little bit foolish. I don't think Rafa would do that, uh, would allow that. So maybe that's one that will happen if Mbemba stays, but I don't think both of them will leave. Uh, maybe one, but definitely not both. So I'd like to see Townsend come in, but uh, if if nobody comes in, there's no need to panic. A lot of I think the culture in football, especially on Twitter and things, a lot of football fans just want instant gratification. They just want to bring in new signings every window. They don't, they they want to see their players. Uh, they want new players coming in all the time. Uh, and if you do that, you're just collecting players. You can't just collect players. You've, you've got a squad of players that is, uh, as it is. So there's no there's no need to panic. And, and you know if we don't bring anyone in, we don't bring anyone in. I, I think we'll be fine. But just moving on to player watch, um, I just want to ask you who impressed and disappointed in your club's most recent fixture. I'm sure this will be a lot, a lot nicer for you to talk about than us, Thomas. So, so who impressed for you at Wolves? I'm guessing nobody disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult to single out an individual after that team performance at uh, at Liverpool. But obviously, you your eyes are always drawn to a player like Helder Costa. He, I don't know if either you saw the game, but he, he's put a great free kick in for the first goal inside the first minute for Richard Stearman to head in. That gave us the, the foothold we needed right from the start. He then had to won the ball back on his own penalty area, ran the whole length of the pitch, and only a toe-end tackle from a Liverpool defender stopped him scoring what would have probably been the goal of the season, certainly the best goal of the season in the FA Cup. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, he does exactly the same thing, except he squares it to... Um, to Weiman, who, who scores the second goal. So I think Helder Costa is a wonderful player. If we can get this deal done for him for 12, 13 million quid and somehow get to keep him next season when I do expect us to be challenging for the top six, then that would be a wonderful piece of business. But I, I just don't see it. I can't see that there's not some other club in the Premier League thinking this guy is probably worth a, a gamble. So, so he was probably my star man, but... I could pick anyone out. I think I'd give a, a quick shout out to the 
the three midfielders, central midfielders, Edwards, George Savile and uh, Lee Evans, just fantastic. Gave us that shield in front of the back four, which just meant that the likes of Wijnaldum and Coutinho and Sturridge just couldn't get into those pockets of space around our penalty area and get shots away or thread passes through. And that was ultimately what stopped Liverpool from actually getting themselves back into that game. So they were fantastic. And no, I'm not going to pick anyone out as a disappointment this weekend because it's it's not fair on anyone. There were no disappointments. Uh, just to just to swing that question back around, was was there anybody on the Liverpool team that uh, sort of disappointed, or that maybe you expected more from? No, do you know what? I was actually some of the Liverpool performances. The problem with a lot of them, I think they played within themselves a bit. I think Wijnaldum, who you obviously know a lot about, I just thought he looked fantastic. He was a fantastic like physical specimen. He was just stronger and quicker to a lot of the balls, and his turning and his ability to just control the ball and pick passes and play. I just thought eventually as the game was going on that he would try and take it more responsibility on himself to, to try and get forward and make something happen. I think just a few of them, like Firmino's and um, Coutinho's, they just seem too happy to take a simple ball. I know it's not easy when Wolves bank up with two lines of four and five in some cases, but I was just surprised that that they didn't really try and like directly penetrate through those lines a bit more. So... Um, you know, I suppose the biggest the biggest disappointment was probably Coutinho because when he came on, I thought we're probably going to get into a bit of grief here. But for some reason, Klopp played him much deeper than you used to seeing him, so he wasn't able to get on the ball right on the edge of our penalty area and find find the spaces to get a shot away, which could have been the difference. So, um, so I suppose the biggest disappointment was Klopp because I, I think he underestimated us badly. I think he thought we were just another, another Plymouth. And um, and he was punished for it. And I don't think he really showed us enough respect in his lineup or how he even spoke about Wolves ahead of the game. He sort of talked about us as being long ball merchants. And so I, I don't really felt feel like he prepared for the game as he should have done. And he, I don't think he equipped that team well enough to go out and, and get the job done. So, um, so yeah, Jurgen Klopp, the biggest disappointment. Yeah, some interesting comments on Wijnaldum, because for me, in Newcastle, just to, just to take a sideline here um, from what we're really meant to be doing, for, for Newcastle, he was a he was a very talented, probably our best player, but the, the problem with him was his mentality when things weren't going his way, uh, which is why he wasn't really the best player to have in a relegation fight. So I'm not, not overly surprised that he looked looked the part, but, you know, he couldn't get his side back in it, because I don't think he has that you know, mental strength to do that. So that's interesting. Anyway, it sort of backs up something that I've always thought about him. But we'll move on to you now, Kevin. If you want to talk about your week as a whole, uh, a player that impressed and disappointed over the two games. Well, um, from today's game, so nobody really stood out. But Billy Whitehouse, it was his first game. And to say he's never been near the squad before, I think he did okay. Maybe could could have had a penalty in the, in the second half as well. But the referee played... Uh, play on, uh, but he's 20 years old now as well. And player like Ronaldo Vieira is 18, so and he's been outstanding for us all season. So I don't think he'll be playing regularly for us for a good while now. I think that you know it's unfortunate that he, he had to play in a game that people are going to sort of remember for the wrong things. And um, a big shout out to to Malik Wilkes who came on for 15 minutes at the end, and he did as much as he could do, considering he's had a terrible week personally because his brother was um, shot uh, dead 
during the week in in the Leeds uh, in the Leeds area. So for him to be actually be in the squad it was amazing, and to come on and play fifteen minutes when obviously it's had such a tortuous week. Uh, I think it's, it's it says a lot for the boy that you know he, he put in a good effort and obviously he wanted to play, he wanted to be in the squad. So hopefully his career will get back on track after the events of the week and hopefully he'll do well long term. But commiserations to the lad and hopefully things will get better. But on a on a positive note, obviously during the week, um, Chris Wood, yeah, twenty goals already this season, which is fantastic. Uh, but um, I think Ross McCormack might be the last player that got 20 goals for us in a season. So to get 20 goals and still 18 games to play, I think that's an amazing achievement by him. And he's been awesome for us all season. And obviously, Dakar's goal, second goal against Forrest, which for me is, I could watch it, you know, every, every day, basically. It's such a fantastic effort. So those two were highlights, obviously, and um, hopefully we'll, when we play Blackburn Wednesday and we've got a full-strength team back out, we'll um, get back in the swing of things in the league as well. Yeah, for Newcastle, uh, it's, it's difficult to pick a player that impressed. I guess if I, if I was pushed, I'd probably say Dan Barlazer had a good game in centre of midfield. He, he's a youth graduate. He's been, I've seen him a lot in the reserves. Uh, when, when I lived in Newcastle, I watched him a lot and he was... You know, very, very good uh, at that level. And I'm not surprised to see him now in and around the first team. Um, he wasn't great, but he showed enough that I, I think he's got he's a bit of a player and he, he can play a part in the future, which is always good to see a player come through the, the ranks and get a chance of the first team. Um, for disappointed, I mean, you could pick a, a several. Uh, I, I think it's more the attacking players that maybe disappointed more than the defensive ones, despite losing 3-0, because the two goals were late. And I, I think... it. Once the second one went in, maybe the, the effort level was dropping, and that's why the third one went in. So um, I'd, I'd probably say, it's, yeah, we spoke about him a bit uh, earlier, Alexander Mitrovic. I, I'm a, I do like him, but I, I'm beginning to find myself, you know, questioning whether he is the player that I think he is. Um, it's, it's too easy once you start like uh, if you, if you do think you know a player will be good, it's too easy to give him too much uh, to make too many excuses for him. But you know he's uh, he's 22 years old. He had several chances, um, good chances as well. Uh, a chance that you'd expect a, a 15 million pound striker to put away, and he did not do so. He then just stepped up uh, and missed the penalty. So yeah, you know, that's the, that's probably the game changer moment. If that goes in, it, it's a different game. So he's probably the one that disappointed. But I still think he's he's got something to offer it as well. But I just, just, he needs to start showing it soon, or you know, we, he's, he's going to have to be moved on. But yeah, just before we wrap up, we'll just quickly preview our midweek games. Uh, Wolves have got a trip to Barnsley, you know, a, a team that have been selling a lot of players, but have made a couple of good signings uh, recently as well in, in Matty James and Alex Moet, uh, as uh, Kevin was saying. So we'll see how that. Uh, how do you see that one going, Thomas? Do you think that Wolves can continue their good run uh, and get a win there? Um, Tough game, tough game, definitely. Um, I think Barnsley have had a fantastic season, selling some of their best players now. I mean, they've, they've, they sold one of their defenders to Swansea in the summer, didn't they? And then I think two or three have gone out this month. And that's that must be disappointing. I mean, I know Barnsley, are, uh, you know, with all due respect to them, they're a club of a certain size and they're always susceptible to having their best players taken away. But it must be frustrating because they had a pretty good chance of, of staking a claim for the playoffs and climbing up and then probably still think they can do it with the players they've brought in. I'm just hoping 
that Wolves can can cash in on the sort of this interim period while they're still getting those new players bedded in and you know it might not be quite slotting together as a team. So it's it's a bit of a lottery. I don't know what Paul Lambert will do in terms of our team. I think he'll probably make quite a few changes to the the team that you know put so much in at Anfield. Seems unlikely he's going to pick anything like the same eleven again. So it's you're talking a real lottery. I think Wolves, how Wolves have been playing in the last month, we now it's the first time in a while I'd say we're in a false position. I think we're probably a top half Championship team the way we're playing. Um, but that that is a notoriously difficult fixture for us. So I my gut instinct is that it will probably be a draw. Um, but you know, it could it could go anyway. I don't really have a strong gut feeling about anyone's match at the moment. So um so I can't really can't really give any genuine insight. You know, we we've got to try and win every game because every game is winnable in this league and we need two or three more results to get us up towards mid table so we don't have to start keep sweating about what's going on behind us. But um, whether we get that in this one, I'm, I'm not sure. And Leeds have got a trip to Blackburn. You've spoken about it a bit uh, this evening, Kevin. How do you see that one going? Do you think Leeds will return to winning ways? I hope it's so, because obviously Blackburn are still bottom three, but they have managed to do the double over Newcastle, so they've got to be taken seriously, I suppose. Um, they, they seem to sort of play well against the uh, maybe stronger teams, you could say, really. But we have beaten them twice this season already in the league and in the League Cup. So we need to win, really, after Sunday to get the um, fans back on side because the, the fans aren't very happy about today's situation on the sort of team that was picked. Not not necessarily blaming Monk for it, but uh, just blaming the club as a whole for not having a stronger squad, I suppose. But yeah, getting back to winning ways, I'll be there on Wednesday night as well. So I'm looking for, with about 6,000 Leeds fans. So we're looking to bounce back. If we get a decent performance out of them, yeah, we'll be back on track for at least the playoff position. And that that's the main aim this season to, to you know to try and get promotion. So we've got to look look at Blackburn. Who are, despite some fancy results this season, they're still in the bottom three, still struggling. Um, they got um, obviously issues with the the owners still as well. So there's a lot of off field stuff going on at Blackburn. So we've got to go down there, put in a professional display, and just come away with the three points and move on to the weekend. And finally, Newcastle got a home game against QPR. Um, we beat them 6-0 earlier in the season at Loftus Road. It's a different manager now, but, you know, I, I, they're not a team. They're, they're one of the teams in the Championship this year that every every game they go in, you know, it's difficult. They have a difficult task of winning. I, 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 they struggled against Burton uh, at the weekend. Mm. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I, I just think that they're just... That, there seems to be like three levels in the championship, uh, maybe four if you want to put Brighton and Newcastle on their separate one. Although I wouldn't, you know, you've got the, the top eight, I think, and then you've got the mid table, and then you've sort of got the the bottom six or seven, and and uh, you know the bottom six or seven, I, they had, do get get a few wins, but on the whole, they you, you can sort of predict that they're going to lose most weeks or at least struggle. So I I, I mean we've. James on this podcast quite a lot talking about QPR and he, he he's he's not the most happy about how things are going. He's a bit bit bored uh, at QPR and the way they run and, and things like that. They've had a few decent results recently. I mean, maybe I've been a bit unfair there. They, I mean, they they've picked it up. They've got some some good wins, but I still don't think they're a team that 
should be causing us too many problems. That said, Blackburn have beaten us twice, so I maybe I, I should be taking this a bit more seriously. It will be interesting, but the fact that we've got Shelby uh, back from suspension, we've won both both the games that he's played, and we scored seven goals. So uh, you know that sort of shows how important he is. He'll be back in the team. We'll maybe see Daryl Murphy get another game before Dwight Gale comes back. I'm not sure if Gale will be back for this one. I, I don't think he will. So, you know, I, I I think we'll win it. Of course, I have to think we'll win it. But, yeah, it was, yeah I'll say we'll win. But <laughs> two, one or two nil, I don't expect it to be amazing. I, don't, I definitely don't think it'll be six nil. Again, I don't think that was a one-off. I think we'll, I think we'll win, but it won't be too exciting. Um, but, yeah, with that, we're, we're out of time. So if you guys would just tell people where they could reach you or uh, any projects you're involved in, now would be a good time. Yeah, um, as I say, my name's Thomas. You can get me on Twitter at Wolves Blog. Uh, that's my handle. And unimaginatively, as I say, the site is called WolvesBlog.com and also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wolves Blog. So it's all pretty straightforward. Thank you for having me on. Really enjoyed it as always. Yeah, uh, Kevin, you can follow me on Leeds United underscore Mad on Twitter. I do an occasional programme on Sky Channel 117 on a Friday, 7 o'clock call. All Leeds, aren't we? A program by made by Made in Leeds, and I appear occasionally on Radio Yorkshire, giving my opinion on the week at Leeds United. Um, yeah, so another great uh, podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys, and looking forward to the uh, next few weeks of the season. Yeah, and you can get my Twitter account at Jake Jackman with two ends. I write for various sites, uh, EPL Index and the Boot Room, uh, and anything else I do, I'll post on there. So, so, so give me a follow over there. And I just want to thank. Thomas and Kevin for coming on this week and thank you guys for listening and we hope you join us again soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.